0: you're listening to an airwave media podcast
1: over seven million different animals inhabit our planet
2: so angie do you think we really need to describe what a lion looks like to the listeners i don't know
3: i (laughs) I thought about that i um i mean i think
2: What can they teach us? Yeah.
3: But for the most part, yes. They uh, sleep. They uh, they do a lot. Just like your house cat at home, my Mm. friends. They uh, they definitely do a lot of sleeping.
2: Many species are in crisis and need your help.
0: Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.
2: Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris.
3: And I'm Angie.
2: Hello from across the United States, Angie. Wow, you're
3: like 3,000, 4,000 miles closer than normal. Still yes. far away. Yeah.
2: Yes, <laughs> but I'm not on the other side of the earth. Yeah, I um, unfortunately have some family issues come up. So, And I know we've been a little slow on the podcast lately. We will be back to normal here pretty quick. We just... Um, I have to get through some issues and get our schedule set, and then Angie and I will be uh, trying to get back to the news and interviews. We have some interviews lined up. We've already recorded a few that uh, were ready for future species, but we definitely had to record this week, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. And interestingly enough, you're talking about families, and today we're highlighting uh, one of the animals that is well known for their family Mm -hmm. interactions and their pride,
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. And they roar, right? They they're roar. the only ca- they're the only cat that is social. Right? Yes. Or in a social group setting, I guess, or a family group setting, right?
3: Absolutely, yes. And there yeah. will if you stick with us long enough, there will be a roar off perhaps later on.
2: Okay. Okay. So there's a little hint, <laughs> maybe like the, the hippo off. Um, but but it's not I don't know. Maybe bring Corbin in for that one. All right. So do us a favor this week. So I want you to check out some of these other animal focused pods, podcasts. And, you know, we, we, we love that you listen to us. Definitely. But most people listen to two, three, four pods a week. So you don't have to just stick with us. And, you know, we always love to promote uh, other podcasts. So please and just see if you notice a trend this week. That's your hint um, because we've all kind of collaborated on something. But anyways, uh, here's our collaborators this week. It's Animals to the Max with Corbin, as always, our buddy, friend of the pod, Corbin. Uh, Varmits, very good one. Strange Animals, very interesting one. Life, Death, and Taxonomy. That's,
3: I love that and name. And then the
2: Species. <laughs> I know, it's such a good one. That's a good one. So check them out. Just see what you, you, you can kind of put the pieces together this week. What's the big puzzle? But, and,
3: and if somebody um, figures it out, what do they win, Chris? Breck
2: um a A a hug bragging right
3: two thumbs up on the internet
2: (laughs) bragging right yeah yeah. go on our facebook page so yeah the lion angie this one we've been wanting to do for a while i know you know
3: we've been talking about the lion for months now so i'm very and especially since we've taken a a tiny little break here i was chomping at the bit to uh to 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 record this and obviously to do the deep research about lions and try to understand because everybody knows all general facts about lions for the most part if you've turned on mm-hmm, tv mm-hmm. or watched any animal planet or any disney shows there's a lot that in general people know about the lion so today our goal is to right. of course reinforce some of the things you might already know but hopefully you'll learn a few amazing facts about lions that you don't know and and you'll if, you don't, if you're not a huge uh big cat lion fan the goal of the podcast is by the end of the day you will become one because they are just an amazing, yeah. amazing, magnificent,
2: yeah, uh, they are. they're beautiful
3: creature that uh, obviously many people fear and many mm. pe- people in endear. And by the end of the podcast, you'll be on—you'll definitely be right, on the endearing right. side of <laughs> side, hopefully. Yeah.
2: They're- they're just, they're just big little kitties, right? You just go give them a, a belly rub. Uh, yeah, not, <laughs> so, so, much, not yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, no, are, no, no, no. They are
3: stunning, and <laughs> I wouldn't do that. And they, and they do need yeah. our help. That is definitely will be the take home message. Yes, um, that is very. very, very true. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess taken back and shocked. I didn't realize how low their population counts were.
2: Yes, yeah, it's 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 really really tragic what's going on, and you know the last episode we did of big cat was episode five the leopard and Angie I'll tell you what. We've improved a little bit since. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I go back. I go back and listen, and I'm like, I'm like, I thought we sounded pretty good, but yeah, I go back, and it's we're, we're kind of robotic, and now I, it's just more organic. It's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty oh,
3: that's funny. great! I should. I had to go
2: back to those old. I don't episodes. know. I feel yeah. like
3: sometimes if I listen to it, then I get too critical. So especially, if I, I probably shouldn't listen to yeah, old episodes. Although I, I, I think Poison Dart Frogs was pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we got better quick. But it was just funny. When I went back and listened to, like, I forgot it was the elephants or something, the rhinos. Oh, and I was yeah, like, that would oh be painful.
3: That would be painful. Of course, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. the one I sent around for friends. Like, how is it? And they're all like, oh, it's great. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. So stay tuned because at the end, I'm going to answer this question. And I asked Angie, and she didn't. She, she pulled out one of the good things. Why are lions called king of the jungle? And Angie's like, it's not even, they don't even live in a jungle. Yeah, I was oh, offended by the of jungle. Reason.
3: I couldn't even, that, yeah. that hurt my brains. Yeah. But, I, but I'm going to stay tuned yeah. so I learn the answer for uh-huh. sure. I will be Yes,
2: here. yes. There is, there is a reason. It's called jungle. So okay. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So Angie, do you think we really need to describe what a lion looks like to the listeners? I don't know. I, <laughs> <It's>
3: like... <laughs> I thought about that. I, um, I mean, I think. Of course, one of their iconic features is their mm. their mane. The the males have mm-hmm. only males have them, and they're the yeah. black, tough, big, big, furry, gorgeous manes that uh, the males yeah, or
2: red or golden. Yeah, they, or... they change a little bit. Yeah, they're uh, and yeah, and they yeah.
3: um the males grow them when they're about three three years old, and mm-hmm, yeah, they can mm-hmm. they. I think of black, but you're right; they can be blonde. There's definitely variations and and
2: the. Red, yeah, they're, you know what got me with them, Angie, is the first time I was across a uh, cage wire from a lion at the Austin Zoo, and I about died. He was so big. And I think this one, his name was Leo, and his paws that's, were as big really as my original. head. I mean, my chest, really, my chest. <laughs> Sorry, I know, I, I know. But he was a rescue from like some side circus or something, but he, holy smokes, his paws were, I guess as big as my chest. They were. They were enormous, oh, yes. enormous. Yes. Their,
3: size, yeah. their size is what's, I mean, they're gorgeous creatures um, to begin with, mm-hmm. but their size mm-hmm. is, is very, very impressive. And not only standing mm-hmm. next to one uh, and seeing the size of the paw and the nails and the teeth and all that, mm-hmm. feeling their hot breath, but having one roar in your face <laughs> as well is.
2: Oh, God, I, I've not had yeah, that happen, I thank mean, God. That is,
3: they <laughs> definitely, yeah, they are impressive impressive creatures which is probably some of i mean that unfortunately has led to some of their demise with uh human animal conflict because once again people fear them or Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily maybe people don't fear them but they don't like when they get you know hurt their livestock crops and things like that so right right Mm -hmm. there's a lot of
2: human conflict yeah, they get, I mean, they get, they're like four and a half to six and a half feet long or one and a half to two meters. They can weigh, you know, 265 to 420 pounds. That's almost 190 kilograms. They, now Angie, let me ask you this. Do you know which lion? And here's Dr. Uh-oh. Angie on the, on the spot. The, ma- the males tend to not have manes or they're very, very scruffy and short.
3: Uh, what was the quote?
2: Anywhere. And okay, so there are male lions that when they're older and mature, their manes are under under underdeveloped or not developed at all.
3: Is this a true where? false question?
2: That's true. Where? Oh, where?
3: where? So, Do you know where? Sorry, it's been a long it's been a long. <laughs> week, no, I know
2: friend. you just uh, I know you just got back off a of flight. Right? I did. I so, did. I'm a little
3: jet lagged. Um, <laughs> where? Oh, I I have heard of this. Yeah. Um,
2: Do you remember in the 1800s, was it, when the Brit- British were building a railroad there? Maybe some Grevy zebras might be near there. Kenya. In Kenya. So the Savo Lions. Mm-hmm.
3: I, yeah, the, the, the savo lions. lions. Yes, I have read yes. about this. Yes.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yeah, so I looked it Sheesh. up and I was like- yeah, it was really that cool. Was pain- so it was the, that was uh,
3: painful if anybody had to listen to that. <laughs>
2: Sorry, <laughs> but it it was, what was the movie? Something in the darkness. It was oh, it, it was about the hunters that they took to took out these two lions. They're at the Chicago Museum. Didn't you see them? Mm. Those two male lions. They're like the man eaters. They're supposed to kill like 160 people. Yeah, or I've heard a
3: lot about the man eaters. The ghost. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. The ghost in the That's darkness. The That's the movie. And I of the read movie. about it, that movie. Yeah. This,
3: but I've already yeah. I've already forgotten it.
2: So the males in Savo do not have manes because it's so hot, desert-like that they've actually just evolved not to have yeah. manes. Sure, it's just too hot. That Makes sense, just, right? Yeah. So there you go. There's a factoid that a lot of people didn't know, including I totally Dr. didn't.
3: I mean, I got yeah. It's like <laughs> I either I I definitely would not get it right on trivia. I maybe had it in my brain, but it got shoved yeah. out for other really important information like how much diapers cost or something like that where to get
2: where to get the, to yeah. get the cheapest diapers? Hey, sh- yeah I, I, I gotta give a shout out to my friend jesse and bryn uh we did uh, my one of my last nights in new zealand before i had to head home the uh we went to trivia night and i saved the team it was like some word mix of a movie character. It was really bizarre because me and me and Jesse are Americans, so the American stuff was was easy for us to get. But it was Forrest Gump, like, and I just yelled it. I'm like Forrest Gump. They're like, "Shut up, shut up!" And they had to write it that down and awesome. run up to the guy. So, anyways, yeah, that was a fun night, trivia night. Okay, so habitat. Uh, the this is where I think Angie, you're right. It's so surprising when you look at their historical range and now you look at their current range. Because historical range, they're pretty much all over Africa, except really the deep Sahara and the Correct. deep Congo. Yeah, deep
3: jungle, deep right? desert. That's I mean, where they they didn't penetrate. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. They were all around the coasts of the Middle East or Southwest Asia. They even think they went into Turkey, a little bit into Europe, and yes. then all the way to India. Like nobody nobody thinks no, of the Asiatic that's lions, the right? talked
3: about before we started the pod is I, uh, I want people mm-hmm. to take home... The message that, of course, we all think of Africa lions, and, and yes, their populations are crashing, mm-hmm. and we'll get more into that in conservation. But there's an Asiatic lion.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, and the Asiatic lions are, they're a little, they're even a little smaller than African lions, and they have, they do, maybe because of the heat, have the shorter mane and uh, thicker elbows and tail tufts. But it's important to note that they're critically endangered, Chris. Critically endangered. Uh, their current population yeah. is estimated yeah. to be yeah. about only 350 animals. And as you mentioned, they live in one park in India. It's called India's Gir Forest, or G-I-R. I might not be pronouncing that right. So there's definitely, um, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. mention one of the conservation groups that's fighting to save these guys towards the end of the podcast. But they're they're out there and. Their populations just been so fragmented, and you know, obviously due to to humans and other issues, that's all that remains of the classic Asiatic line. That, like you said, used to, you know, all the way all, all the way. over, all yeah. over Asia, yeah.
2: all the way from India, all the way back to Africa, and it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. And now we're
3: the- watching. The- the potential population crash or demise of the iconic African,
2: African lion. African, yeah, the ones in Africa. You know, I remember at San Diego Zoo, I don't know if they still have them because obviously predators don't live as long. We'll get to that. But they did have Asiatic lions. So that's how I remember uh, a long time ago. You know, okay. I think it was back when I was in college or something when I went. So it was probably, you know, last century. Um, so, yeah, very interesting with their habitat and their evolution. Now, we've covered evolution in the leopard episode. So, you know, that's why I like to do it a lot in those episodes. If you really are nerdy about it, like I am, you can go back. (laughs) Like really, really
3: nerdy. No, no, it's super interesting. I always learn a
2: lot. It is, it is. And there's going to be more, there's going to be more of this because, you know, this is the Panthera lineage. That's the one we've already talked about with the leopards, the lions, the tigers. And, you know, there's 37 different species of cat, wild cat, domestic cat, Now, the scientific name of lion is Panthera leo. So, if people didn't know leo, the sign of leo is the lion, right? Now, evolutionary speaking, their last ancestor died out about 125,000 years ago. So, the the lion we had today in in this current form has been around for about 125,000 years. Pretty long. long You know, it's probably about... Yeah. But as long as humans, I don't know how humans, but hundred, 200,000 years. So they, they used to live in Southern and East Africa. That's where they evolved. Now they did evolve into the two species subspecies that are still here today. So you have Panthera leo leo, and these are the ones that actually left Africa 25,000 years ago to go to Asia. Mm-hmm. So it took them about 25,000 years to get over there. And now they're pretty much extinct everywhere except that one little pocket. So then they're also in North Africa, West Africa, and Central Africa. Now, the lions that are in East and South Africa are a different subspecies, and that's Panthera leo melanchata. And this was a really cool fact about evolution. And this will be my last little evolutionary fact. The American cave lion, Angie, used to roam Ooh. from Canada to Peru, and it was there. It was actually a subspecies of today you know so there's was a, a, an extinct relative to today's lion and they died out about 10,000 years ago and that was when the, for whatever reason I think you and I need to talk about this sometime this mass megafauna extinction in the Americas that happened
3: yes and, it's and I go to our museum and I just mm-hmm. Love going through. Well, I don't love it because it's like, yeah. what the heck happened to all these animals? But going through the extinct species of rhinos and giant sloths yeah. and giant armadillos, and yeah. it is and they have, you know, they have the makeups that look what they would have looked like or whatever. Right, right. And it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, I like, hey, yeah, what happened?
2: Yeah, I know, I know. I don't know. I, it's something I've seen one.
3: I mean, humans probably hunted out some of them. Yes, some. But I don't think. I don't think humans could have hunted out,
2: out all of these. I large don't think so. I mean, you would think no way. Mammals. There's no, there was something. No there was something. I think th- I did read something about it being like a, a small asteroid impact or something might have had an effect. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's yeah. We gotta research that one day. Final fact: uh, We've already talked about the largest cat ever. That was Smilodon. You know, five to eight hundred pounds. Stand stood about forty-seven inches at the shoulder. But the American cave lion was almost as big. So there you go. There's some, wow. something new. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Angie, it's a tough life being a lion, huh?
3: It is. I've had the, I've yeah. had the pleasure of seeing them in Africa um, on two different mm-hmm. occasions. And both times they were hard to spot because they blend beautifully yeah. into the grasslands, um, especially during the dry right. season with their brown, brown, tannish coats. Uh, mm-hmm. So how, they were hard to find, but guess what they were doing?
2: Sleeping. Right.
1: That's yeah, all they do, right? That's all they do.
3: That's all they yeah. do. And everybody's everybody wants to go see lions yeah. in Africa. And and it's like there it's usually this like I mean it, I, I, it's not a yeah, letdown yeah, yeah, to see anything yeah. for me um in Africa. But yeah, they're uh, their behaviors aren't going to be as
2: exciting, perky yeah. as a
3: lot of the other species. And of course, they do do stuff. And I'm sure some tourists have had the luxury of either seeing them maybe at watering holes at nighttime, dawn or, du- or dusk or dawn, mm-hmm. or of course, the nature photographers sometimes can catch them hunting things like this. Or people that follow them mm-hmm. day in and day out. Some of these long term behavior studies that you read about that where they've been studying prides of lions since like the 60s or 70s, yeah. but for the most part, yes, they uh they sleep they uh they do a lot, just like your house cat at home, my yeah. friends they uh they definitely do a lot of sleeping yeah. and but they're cool, cool animals,
2: yeah, and of course, they don't they sleep because they're conserving energy, you know, it's just that's what predators do. they expend so much energy in hunting, and then you know they they eat and gorge and then digest and then go out and hunt again, except the male, the male you know probably a little bit more active patrolling. But Angie, you know, you talk about the ecological niche of the lion is so critical being the top predator of Africa. I mean, it's just...
3: Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, I really feel like deep down, it's one of these iconic species that everybody has a connection to. Everybody either read a story about a lion that they love or um, even from, like you said, an um, astrology point of view or religious point of view. Just, They're just so embedded in our... Culture. There's movies about them. The Lion King, of course. I just watched that um, on on an air, on, on the air flight to Boston. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with uh, with Xander uh, for the first time and kind of seeing it through his eyes. Luckily, he's he didn't quite understand some of the the not so nice things that happened in, mm-hmm. in that Disney. Disney always has an interesting way of <laughs> having yeah, some yeah. kind of uh, some kind of negative thing happen to yeah, one yeah. parents or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. that's a different topic for a different yeah. day. But it's a great movie. Anyways, everybody, for the most part, has a thought about a lion or I've mm-hmm. hopefully seen them one at um, mm-hmm. your local zoo. But you should care about lions, um, not just because Chris and I are telling you to or because they're so awesome or because you saw them in the movie, but num- for the most important reason is the lion population has just been devastated. And approximately some estimates are 43 to 50% of their population has halved in 21 years. Yes,
2: it's crazy. I know, it's so sad.
3: I mean 21 years that is not a long time yeah. uh, no. at all like No 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 uh so
2: That's <laughs> that like for just, us old folks I say that was just
3: like just like yesterday I mean the 90s it my was. husband and I were like driving around this past week listening to like the 90s station on XM yeah. radio in this a car that we had yeah. and we were like every song was just this classic hit and my poor kids in the back were like please stop singing please stop having a driving dance party with your arms uh yes. But yeah, that's so funny. since the 90s, right? Since the 90s, their population has depleted 50% yeah. more or less. So that's, that's why same. we need to start caring. So what happened to the Asiatic population of lions does not happen, or it is currently happening to the African mm. lions, but our generation can stop it. That we can use the next 20 years to stop right. this. So that's why you should care and keep listening. Yeah. But from another point of view, yeah. you could also it's also important to understand their ecosystem role right? Lions are the top predator in their range. While it's not exactly clear to what extent lions regulate the prey population, they obviously do, right? And so, and if there is Mm -hmm, a healthy mm -hmm. prey population, they're less likely to to harm livestock that, therefore, then reduce the human-lion conflict. But if their prey population Mm -hmm. is being wiped out due to poaching as well for bushmeat and other things, they're having, they're struggling more.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And you take out, you take out the king of the jungle, like you said, I mean, the the down slot, the, the downward spiral is unknown and it's not going to be great. I mean, we can... No, and,
2: I mean, it's... You and I have talked about this before, especially with, I think, in the Red Wolf episode. You know, when they reintroduced wolves back into Yellowstone to keep, you know, the elk population down, it had a dramatic effect on the environment. Absolutely. You know, that all these other species depend on, beavers and and all, you know, raccoons and all these other things. So a top predator you 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 just can't be taking all these things out uh, these niches out of the environment and expect it to stay the same and not have a massive effect on other species right so yeah right that's why you need to right
3: and and then and and then lastly i mean there's huge economic importance to humans like if you Mm Don't care about animals. You only care about humans. Well, lions have a really positive impact because they're glamorous, well-known throughout the world, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they're a cultural icon in England, and they're one of the Mm highest-valued ecotourism species in Africa, point blank. So Mm. without them, I mean – that's going to be a great economic loss to all the communities surrounding yeah. these reserves, lo- you know, whether they're a lodge manager or a Jeep driver mm-hmm. or a, a guide that need these lions because yeah, people see love lions. I mean, think yeah. of. I mean, how many, yeah. I mean, you and I, of course,
2: are dorks, like animal
3: yeah. <laughs> dorks, <Yeah>. but like <laughs> yeah, yeah. junkies, I don't yeah, know what yeah, the right lovers, animal lovers. Uh, but I mean, I can remember being, Seven, eight, nine, ten years old oh, yeah. watching documentaries yeah, yeah, yeah. about yeah. Lion Prides and all the research efforts. And so they're just well-loved. And I think that they're, the impact for economic benefits is very, very well yeah, we just, supported in many scientific studies. Yeah. And you and I just discussed that yeah. on one of our more recent pods where mm-hmm. we talked about mm-hmm. trophy hunting and the pros mm-hmm. and the cons of it. So yeah. I think that it is – I mean, besides the fact that, like I just said, they're just beautiful – Powerful creatures. I think there's 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 so many reasons to care about them. So hopefully you'll keep listening yeah. to
2: this podcast. If, if you're yeah. not convinced, yeah.
3: hopefully we'll have you convinced at the this end of the pod. Right? Yeah.
2: So they, in the wild, they, they only live. Like I said, predators have a tough life. They only live eight to ten years. You know, it's it's not this long life in, in the wild. And then and then under human care, they can live up to be twenty five. So.
3: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was reading that uh, the oldest known lion was 30, yeah, which that that's is very, very old, old yeah. for a lion under human care. And yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is in uh, people always, a lot of the naysayers of animals living under human care. Uh, I always come back to the lion, for instance, as far as my goodness, they like to sleep yeah. all day. They expend energy to hunt. Um, and when you see them in Africa, or even if you can kind of like zoom mm. into some of the, the documentaries. Mm. I mean, they're beaten up. They have flies all over them, cuts in their ears, flies hanging out their eyes. I mean, it's, it is a tough, tough life out there. And like you said, you know, you know, they don't... I mean, I was reading that some males can survive to be 15 or 16. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, research has documented that in the Serengeti, uh, uh, females can live up to eight. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So in certain... In certain parts, especially where they're monitored by humans mm-hmm. and there's more protective efforts, right. they can they can live longer. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely not always an easy life to oh, be able to Yeah, alive, one, kick, sure. one
2: kick. One I mean, kick from a zebra. Remember you said it's like a hand grenade you don't or, know when yeah. you're
3: getting your you're right, with yeah. the droughts, yeah. you don't know when you're getting your next meal, you have to work hard yeah. for your meal and yeah. you've got the bugs and the disease and all it's these tough other life. issues. It's a tough and life. So, it's a tough life. But but in the same instance, I mean, any any accredited zoological setting that they are being cared for Mm -hmm. under uh those guys are fighting for them to remain in the wild as well whether Mm -hmm. they're donating money or sending researchers or collaborating with researchers because everybody agrees that a lion sitting on on a rock in kenya is Mm -hmm. is where they belong and that's Mm -hmm. where we want them yes yes but in but right now we're it's a it's a battle against time um against poachers and human wildlife conflict and other trophy
2: hunting you know we just talked about it last week yeah Yeah, i mean there's climate
3: change uh like i said lot loss of predators because of poaching smaller livestock for uh for the bushmeat industry Mm. so yeah Yeah, it's uh you know it is it's, it's, it's tough it's not always easy being a lion. That's for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, some of the the verbiage. I mean, obviously, group of lions is a pride. Males are kings. Females are queens. Cu- young are cubs. How fast can they run? Give me an Ooh. idea.
3: Um.
2: In a sprint, because they sprint, they can't run too, too yeah, fast. Yeah,
3: uh, thirty-eight miles an hour.
2: Oh, eh, close fifty. Oh, 50. Uh, okay. At, Ooh, at that's, full that's speed.
0: Fast. Yeah.
2: It is fast now. How, now, this one I didn't, th- I didn't, I knew tigers could probably do this. I didn't think lions could. How far can they leap? Um, I'm really putting you on the spot today.
3: No, no, I love this because John and I were just reading about a, yeah. a, some tiger, some exhibit, and it was like, oh, they can jump this many feet for tigers. Right? We're, like, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. like, this exhibit is not that tall.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Our,
3: our kind of our alarm bells went off. Um, and
2: this was National Geographic, so I don't know, 20, but it, it sounds. Feet? Yeah, it's thirty six.
3: Okay, so like we had read something crazy about fair. tigers that was in the thirties, and John and yeah. I were doing the math, and we're like, "This exhibit is not thirty feet tall."
2: <laughs> no, no, like I, yeah, I see those exhibits. And I'm like, just jump. Oh man, yeah. So thirty six feet, but I know Aza in the states, they 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 make sure. It's
3: yeah, safe. they're often angled, yeah. or I mean, yeah, they they yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah no, 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 and a, yeah. and maybe that's like if they have like a huge running start and a springboard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
2: 36 feet. I don't know. I read that in National Geographic. So, you know, who knows? Sometimes I got to check those resources. Now, Angie, we, we were talking about prides. Only cats live in groups. Generally, I read, you know, three males defend a pride. But I swear to you, if you love cats and you have not seen this documentary, you have to see African cats done by Disney. It's one of their nature's, yeah, we'll nature put the, movies. I don't it know is if I've seen a, that
3: one. I'll put the link on right the show on. notes because... Oh, I will. I, I
2: It is... Is gorgeous
0: it? yeah
3: gorgeously
2: shot yeah gorgeously shot uh followed uh, cheetahs and lions they had this pride of five males five males the dad and all okay, the sons that's a little we're going to take out another yeah male. i mean that's
3: yeah. yeah that so that's insane yeah well chris that's that is really interesting and i, I need to check it out and mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. think the biggest thing for the listeners to Don't already know this is that lion prides are a fission fusion fission say that five times fast fission
0: yeah fusion
3: society okay there you go so what that means (laughs) is that pride members can come and go and they're rarely all together at once but there can be anywhere from two to forty lions in a pride and typically like for instance on average in Kruger or the Serengeti national parks of uh, the pride size mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. about 13 lions and the average composition, which was 1.7 adult males. So like one mm-hmm. and a half, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know which yeah, half yeah. it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: But, uh, yeah, 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 and yeah. then four and a half adult females. I'm sure it was her better half. I would imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And 3.8 sub adults and 2.8 juveniles. And so I pretty, you know, it, it's probably rare to see a pride of, like you said, five five males.
2: Oh yeah. Crazy rare. It's gotta be crazy rare.
3: But what but what isn't rare is that males get kicked out um, after they start to become a threat to the to, to um to the the leader, the male leader, mm-hmm. they'll get kicked out and then a lot of time these immigrant males will form coalitions, usually consisting of brothers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it usually takes um it usually will take a coalition of males to then they 'll be nomadic for a couple years building up strength and then they 'll seek to take over another pride and they need this coalition of at least mm-hmm. two or more to basically sometimes take down the male that 's right, there right and so coalitions and studies have shown that coalitions of three of or four males tend to rule pride for a little bit for longer time like three years so in general the male or males whoever uh typically the the male that is in charge will rule for about 2 years before yeah, he's taken that's it, off. That's so it, yeah. right, it's not really a long Mm-mm. not really a long goal. go at it. Mm-mm. Um and they do say that coalitions like in the video that Mm-mm. you said of uh uh, four or more are really rare yeah, because yeah. it's hard to keep them together. There's always, you, you know, you've got a lot of siblings. It's always, it's always, it's always hard to keep one in line. Yeah, right? exactly. there's, always that, there's always that one sibling. We all
2: have them. right? That's you. Um, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you and your family. My
3: dad, my dad used to, he had this joke and it was so funny. He had this joke joke. There's three of us. That, uh, there was two girls and a boy, but he would always say like, people like how, uh, you know, how many kids do you have? And he would always say, I have three, one of each. <laughs> and i'm kind of like the black sheep a little bit in my family so finally you know after years and years of making this joke it always makes people laugh i said i said dad i i have i have to know like Mm. you always say like oh you have one of each kid like what does that mean and more importantly, and I like the weirdo bad one. You And he just started laughing. He's like, No, my dad always said because my dad was one of
0: three yeah. himself.
3: He's like, My dad, so my grandfather always said that joke. He's like, I don't get it either, but I always tell you what, it, it like lightens up the room and makes people laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anybody
3: who has three three kids can make that joke or whatever. But anyway, so but right, there's always one in the group. And yeah. yep. and so it's hard to keep these coalitions always together from the male point of view but yes they 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 often are needed to throw out whatever male is in charge
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now
3: from a f- point of view from the female pride behavior right that was all male pride behavior and mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. battle and
2: and they you know, fight to the death sometimes like they'll fight to the death
3: they do yeah. chris yeah that is yeah. also something for, you know for kids are listening or whatever It, 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 yeah, it is, it's not <laughs> i mean the lion king king <laughs> is not and it's not un- inaccurate right like it's it's yeah. uh They, they will sometimes. And, and, and that's why lions rarely, even during breeding season, they rare, like whatever one gets the female first, whatever, like Mm -hmm. they rarely engage in fights because they know that it can end really ugly. Right. And, and sometimes it has to, to take out the male and then often the male will retreat because he just knows, but you know, he know he knows, he knows better. But now,
2: interesting. Well, then I just want I just want to say real quick too. You you know we always talk form and function, and so the the main is really to protect their necks in fights. Absolutely, correct. So Absolutely. it'd be interesting to see the the savo lions how they fight. Sure, and stuff, if there's more you know, injuries
3: or le- you know. maybe less, maybe yeah. less initiation or something yeah. of fighting. So yeah, they're yeah. not trying to yeah, fight, yeah, be but they need. You know, that's the thing is the 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 dominant male in the pride is the one that's going to do the most mm-hmm. breeding and have the most likelihood of passing mm-hmm. on his of genetics.
2: Offspring. So yeah. it
3: is it is something that people you know that that, that obviously and certain individuals want to become but females are a little different for their pride related behaviors females are typically lifelong residents in their mother's territory
0: mm-hmm.
3: so the female pride mates they don't compete or fight with each other and they don't display any kind of dominance that's been observed in many other matriarchal social systems Um, so, and also two related females often have, um, the same reproductive cycle and they'll cross suckle their Mm -hmm. cubs and all of this cooperative behavior encourages non-dominance, discourages dominance. Like they all kind of care about each other Mm -hmm. and they want to make it easier for communal cub raising because. These mm-hmm. mut- they all benefit from these mutualistic behaviors of of keeping their, giving mm-hmm. their cubs a chance to um, to live long you know to live long and prosper. And
2: they're complex. I mean, those are some complex. Oh,
3: behaviors. I, I mean, that's why I just I yeah. like us doing a little you know splice of podcast about the be- the pride behavior in mm-hmm. general. I'm like, nope, let's just mm-hmm. watch watch the the movie that Chris is going to put on the show notes because yeah we're yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, just yeah, well yeah. and hopefully too when you talk to our lion expert that we're hopefully gonna be interviewing yeah. here in the new near future, near future. I'll want his expert opinion on a lot of the different, yeah, the, it's a very, very mm-hmm. complex, but of course, well understood and has evolved for their benefit because yeah, as you mentioned, when we started this whole segment is they're the only cats that are social. It doesn't,
0: it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it
3: doesn't really make sense with, you know what benefit are they you know are they getting out of it and researchers kind of mm-hmm. go back and forth on mm-hmm. what is the benefit and usually they think that some of the benefits of all of this pride social structure behavior is once the pride is if it's solid and there's a good male and lead mm-hmm. that it helps defend against other other lions basically other prides for territory because mm-hmm. they need mm-hmm. a pretty they need a pretty mm-hmm. good uh, size of territory to hunt in and to help them right. survive. So yeah, just just, you know, very, very
2: interesting. Social behavior.
3: Yeah, very interesting social behavior. And but yeah, in general, they sleep about 20 hours a day and they become active in the late afternoon. So if you are in Safari, that's probably the best time to see them. And pretty much they're just gonna socialize with their pride. And now mm-hmm. hunting will usually take place at night, which is why or early hours in the morning when they can like ambush their Ambush their prey, which is why it's probably hard for us to like, you know, just to see to see, see that, what's yeah. what's going on.
2: Uh, well, plus yeah, the no, heat of the day. I mean, they, you know, expending yeah, energy. Yeah, uh,
3: and um, and of course, I won't go too much into detail because I just can't do their
2: it justice. Yeah,
3: yeah, their communication and their behaviors when they are interacting the four hours that they're <laughs> awake yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah. I just can't do justice, but. They have these beautiful greeting rituals of rubbing heads together, tails looped in the air while moaning to one another. I mean, probably like what you've seen on The Lion King uh, or in other and other uh, books or shows. And male, just like your cat at home, uh, males and females will mark their territory by spraying vegetation with urine and uh, scuff marks. And females spray occasionally, um, and this behavior starts when they're about two years old. So, but it's. Of course, with our house cats, this is a super annoying behavior that we don't like. But in big cats, uh, it's really important visual and chemical chemical and visual signals to one another about territory mm-hmm. or whether uh, what their breeding status is. And mm-hmm. the king of the jungle is, of course, known for their vocalizations, uh, their roaring, right? right? Um, so a male lion starts to roar at about one year of age and a female starts shortly after that. And with the right mm-hmm. conditions, a lion's were Chris, how far do you think it can be heard through the savannah?
2: Oh God. Um two clicks? I don't know.
3: Five miles two or clicks. eight kilometers.
2: Oh, yeah, jeez like, I can't okay. run that
3: far. Forget about it. So yeah. yes, it's yeah. very, you know, on a on a good clear day, that's that's you know, he's he's claiming his territory across across I was eight just, kilometers. I, you know, I was
2: I was just telling somebody the other day about Allison. And, you know, people, if you have not heard Allison Kennedy Benson's interview, please go listen to it. She is phenomenal. And she talks about her experiences in rhino relocation. But I was just talking to somebody the other day because, you know, I would love to do documentaries on, on these conservation experts that we interview. And how she was in that BOMA by herself and she heard the roars and they kept getting closer and the gruffs and they kept getting closer and closer. And then they were outside the BOMA and all she worried about... Bless her heart. Was how to protect her. her I know. Her I just rhinos. got
3: goosebumps. <laughs> She's such a good soul. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's, yes. And I. Yes. I. I'm. I'm not. And I love Allison to pieces. And she is amazing because when mm. I heard lions outside my tent when I was in Tanzania, I. <laughs> I didn't care about anybody else. I'm just like, "All right, it, do we have guards out there tonight or what?" because I, they they are getting closer, but I think they were interacting or fighting or hunting, so they didn't and didn't get super super close. But now mm-hmm. but I didn't have the factoid that, you know, for all I know, they could have been Five miles away. I just, yeah, right, yeah. But way, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, when you hear that, in your tent, you yeah, You're a little bit like, oh snap! What oh, in the yeah, world? I, I? I I'm like, what in the world? Pants. I sign up for doing this <laughs> research. Holy! I just, I just want to look at wildebeest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they obviously. Um, uh, but yeah. no, it's really, really impressive. And um, and yeah, they'll stand or crouch when they're roaring. And of course, it's communicates with their pride members and their territory. And it can be aggressive towards other lions. Lions will also roar in chorus, uh, which they think might be uh, like some kind of social bonding.
2: So now, I, I guess you have an a, a, a expert that can roar I, really well, right? I do. In the house, I
3: have, I have my uh, my fellow pride member and my, the king of my jungle, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, no, I want to, I want to bring John on if it's okay with the listeners, if uh, to have him on again because he, this is one of his favorite animals he's always i've always been the dog person and he's like the cat guy which mm-hmm. you know i guess opposites attract mm-hmm. rightfully so so but with that being yeah. said he yeah. has worked with the um, lions for years and so um yes yeah, so right. let me let me go get yeah, him yeah. and then you can ask him some questions yeah, what yeah. it's like yeah, to be up and close and personal yeah. to these guys
2: and he's back john mio
1: that's the going? king
2: of his pride in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> that's what Angie. That's how Angie built you up. Hey, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great having you on because you know, especially people that that have worked with these animals. What is it about lions? Like, just what is it? What what draws you to
1: that? Uh Well, the the first the interesting thing is you, you know Angie's introduction and um, your introduction of me. That's one of the funny things about lions is, and <laughs> and one of the things that I think people don't understand is that males aren't really in charge of the pride it's a female run yeah that's it, it's a female run yeah. so uh men pretend they're in charge of the pride but really it's female <laughs> dominated and, and females are the ones ruling the <laughs> roost as uh any male who has a who lives with a, a significant other who's a female understands it's, the, it's really, pretty much the same yeah. thing so uh you know what, what yeah. do i love about them you know um they really are incredible animals, and it's funny because I like to say, "A cat is a cat is a cat." And so, if you have a house cat at home, mm-hmm. then you real you basically to some extent know what it's like to work with a lion. Except lions are much mm-hmm. larger and bigger,
2: bigger. Yeah, could yeah, much bigger. Actually,
1: <laughs> kill you if they yeah. wanted to. Um, but yes, the yes. cat behaviors you see at home are very similar to the cat behaviors that that we see with with the other big cats and specifically lions the Mm -hmm. difference the biggest difference is the social system um Mm -hmm. which you guys are talking about and um Mm -hmm. they are truly the only social cat and i say that the only social cat even including your house cat at home i don't really think if you have house cats at home you kind of know that they don't really need you they don't really care about you you're mostly just a servant for them right that, yes, <laughs> you yes. know, they're, they're not yeah. hanging out with you. I mean, you know, some people are like, no, my scruffy kitty loves me. Maybe, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> if, if you were to die tomorrow, your cat would probably eat you and your dog would not, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dog would, would mope, but, yeah. It, the cat's Whatever, like, exactly. just the yeah. a week. Yeah, just yeah. the week. I, I just yeah. think that socialization, you really see it in the, in the lines. You really, and that's the only truly social mm-hmm. cat. And that's what, fascinates me about them that's what uh, i enjoy Mm -hmm. with them so working with them and i've worked with them in several different institutions and settings and um Mm -hmm. you have to learn not just about the species but you have to learn about the social dynamic of your own particular pride and then you have to learn how to mesh that all Mm -hmm. together so it's it's really kind of cool and for me i started to, to notice and get into this um I noticed with the different animals, the different prides I worked with, there was kind of a trend where there was a male Mm -hmm. um, who was supposedly in charge, but really the females would boss him around and usually two Mm -hmm. females. And you typically have one dominant female who actually does run the group and then a a female that's a little bit more subordinate. Mm -hmm. So when I worked with a a group, there was Kia was Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, she was the dominant female and she ran the roost and she was really assertive and she would try to put, all the other animals in their place. She would put the other animals in their place. And then you as well are her caretakers in our place as well. You know, Max would like to pretend he was the dominant right. one, but he was just a really, he was afraid of her. and Then he just wanted to be loved on by us. And, and when I say loved on, we did not get in with the enclosures mm-hmm. with animals. We didn't go in with them. It's just not a good idea because if they have a bad day. You have a really, really bad day. Uh, but they would, rub up against the yeah. side of enclosures and and if you did so safely you could kind of interact with them uh, somewhat there and then you'd have Monty, who was just a sweet dopey subordinate who just wanted to stay out of everybody way and, and just kind of wanted to, to do her own thing you know And you had yeah. these great relationships with them and you built these yeah. great relationships yeah. with them and it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of um great interactions with with these these enormous cats
2: and they, they all have different personalities. That's what like, you're explaining, different personalities, you know. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. Every,
1: every single one has a different personality. Every every animal I've ever worked yeah. with has a different personality. And that yeah. goes, that that shocks people, especially when you're working with animals like gazelles or antelopes, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you just think, well, whatever, you know, they're just... They're grazers. Yeah. they lions. Yeah. yeah, they're grazers and that's all yeah. they do. Well, they had different personalities. But the cats definitely had different personalities, different likes, mm-hmm. dislikes, Toys they like, areas they like to lay in, food they like to eat, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the great thing with working with them is that they're, they're a highly intelligent animal. You know, I, I really love, uh, I mean, I love all the animals I work with, but mm-hmm. the intelligent mm-hmm. ones are so much fun to work with because yeah. they figure things out. They work, with, they work on problems. They, you know, change their environments around. They really do all of these things. Right, and, right. Um, I got to work with them and do a lot of, operant conditioning training, which I know is, is near and dear to Angie's heart. And she talks mm-hmm. about it a lot. And so training these animals is an incredible way to help them help themselves is to help them with their own um, management, their own husbandry mm-hmm. needs. And, and the coolest mm-hmm. thing I've ever done by far is to help train not just lions, but mostly with lions where we did voluntary blood draws, which you know, mm-hmm. you go to the doctor, you're supposed to go yeah. to the doctor every, every uh, year, once a year, and you're supposed to have blood drawn to check your levels, to, te- to check mm-hmm. the, your, uh, the statistics of your blood. And they can figure out lots of different things about your health with your blood. Well, we take blood for am- animals as well. But usually with the big ones that are, are dangerous, you have to mobilize them first before taking their blood. That can cause issues with the blood itself. It can change some of the factors within the blood. So if you can get a, uh, we call a blood draw that's voluntary, the animal just stays put, is awake. And you can draw blood from them. It's much better. uh, You get better accurate readings of their blood. But it's better for the animals too. And so that's what we would do. We'd bring the the lions into this uh, little smaller kind of enclosure thing. It basically looked like a dog crate essentially. Um, One person would be working at the front of the lion, training the lion. And then somebody would be at the back. And we'd actually could draw blood from their tail. So you could draw the take, tail, yeah, take was, their tail yeah. out of the, out of the enclosure. We had a special slot set up so you could take it out of the enclosure. You'd hold their tail in their hand, in your hand. You, um, hold it off just like you'd hold off your arm to, to pop the vein out mm-hmm. and, and kind of pull up the blood, do the same sort of thing. You would draw out the, the blood and it would be, it'd be good. Yeah. And it was an amazing experience and it was all yeah. done voluntary. We would never force yeah. an animal to do that they had to participate right. in it willingly and so working with these cats and using operant conditioning with them to help them manage basically help them manage themselves was an right. incredible
2: experience yeah and they get vaccines and other things right to to make sure they're healthy
1: absolutely yeah. so at that point instead of having to immobilize them or to yeah which can be um, shoot dangerous, them with yeah. a dart just to vaccinate yeah. you can do that in that same sort of setting vaccinations took actually a little bit longer because mm-hmm. when you're drawing blood out it's not believe it or not, quite as invasive as sticking something in, right? right so you get right. something in, injected into you, there's a burning or something like that. It's mm-hmm. a little more invasive, mm-hmm. but you, we could work them through that as well. So, yeah, it was it yeah. was really a cool, cool experience.
2: Yeah. So, I guess my final question, um, Jesse told me this uh, before I left New Zealand to come back to the States for a little bit. He said, John's favorite animal is the panda, right? Mm. <laughs> I love Jesse so much. He's such a great guy
1: um (laughs) we'll save that for the panda episode um (laughs) pandas the the images of pandas have done a tremendous amount for conservation and yes an awareness of the issues facing animals and for that i really appreciate
2: (laughs) we'll we'll save it we'll save it for a panda episode all right so we're gonna have a uh a roar off right between you and angie like the hippo off which you won (laughs) hands down
1: Uh uh-huh i did so i don't i I love angie so much she (laughs) she does so many incredible things for my life and i i I, but and you know when you have somebody that you love you want to protect them and i I do want to protect her but at the same time she just keeps putting herself in this situation where (laughs) i just can't protect her you know i she's asking for these things she's asking to compete against me when i've worked with these animals i've spent my life working with these animals, so yeah. I, I've honed my craft in many different ways. And <laughs> vocalizations is one of my studied, all as right, a, as a person who studied vocalizations. So I don't mm-hmm. understand why she does this, but she does this, and that's how it goes.
2: Okay, well, let's hear it. I, I will not even know who it is. I just want you guys to where's Angie? Okay, get also, her over there. So
1: we'll, yeah, so we'll go off. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll still camera, camera yeah. but we'll still have the mic. Go and
2: we'll, we'll yeah. over in okay. and I'll 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 see who who's first and one right. and two
1: okay oh, hold on a
0: second ooh ooh ooh
2: This is too funny. This is too funny. Hey,
1: where are we
2: going? <laughs> um, well? I'm sorry, John. You lost. Oh, what? I think you lost after all that buildup. <laughs> I just...
3: Well, I,
2: he, yeah, well, we have to... I, well, I'll have to splice in the real one next. Yeah. He he went oof, and you were more Arr. I don't
1: know. I can't do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, you were you were a little bit yeah, more. You that, were a little uh, more our woofy than normal.
1: Yeah, I think there was more woofies than normal. <laughs> Sorry. Your or? <laughs>
2: just a couple. <laughs> 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 just a uh, yeah. Hey, the hippo, hippo, John, hands down, John, hands down, hippo, hippo, you, You're you, you whooped stuff. her. It was close. It was close. I'll give you that. It was close, but I think Angie edged you out just a tad. Oh,
1: gosh. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. A, more <laughs> Hippo, a lot more than her well no <laughs> her would be better but okay, yeah, that's a little tough um all right I should, well you thank want you to talk with, so just a little bit about the vocalizations though not to defend myself but okay okay when we hear, when you hear lions like growling or whatever they don't they, this is their this is their pride call this is this is and that is more the the male is more of the one who does do the the, the right. call which Kind of gathers the pride around, or gets responses, and, and mm. there is a sort of a call, an answer, and response sort of situation that should be going on with that. Yeah, and that that's. I was doing the male's initial response, and it, it, okay, you know, okay, when you're when okay, you're, when okay, you're okay, okay, with them in person, it gets Okay, because, I will say one of the most <laughs> incredible things in the world is to stand next to a lion while they're doing that role. Oh God, it shakes yeah. your it shakes your inside. It is is something that you know nobody can replicate. It's it is incredible, and the really yeah. cool thing. Um, Which was taught to me by one of my mentors in the industry is um, when you have a really good relationship with them, and you do the roar to them, they will they will start to roar back to you, and they will do that's crazy, yeah, that's cool. It's really really cool. You can kind of get the whole pride of lions going. Have you
3: ever had them do that with you? Respond back to you?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah?
2: that's
0: so cool
1: oh,
2: okay yeah. Yeah, okay true. so so here, here's the test here's the true test the next time you two are at a zoo with lions go off in the corner somewhere and start roaring well, So it, 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 it
1: may or may not work with just random lions that's, that's the thing it may not <laughs> yeah. work with random oh, they, lions yeah. They because know you. yeah it's again it's a okay gotcha so there gotcha 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 there are calls between prides. so one pride right. will call but and they're they're sort of trying to keep another one back, but they're not going to do a call in response to another prize. Gotcha, so gotcha. They may gotcha, think I'm a gotcha. okay. at that point. Yeah, obviously, it. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so they would, you know, they, they wouldn't be like, "Hey, come on down." They'd be like, "Whoa, look at that guy!" They probably would go really yeah. quiet because they wouldn't want me to try. They would want to just hide. They would. They, I would probably <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, no, thing. no. So um, you know, no. I, I have to admit defeat where i have to so congratulations and it, was, it close, was close
2: though i mean it was it hey, it, it was yeah. close it was I guess, close i just I thought i guess too much, from, too much
1: party in this weekend is, is the problem you
2: yeah know, and I, I should always I should i've heard them early
1: form before there's going to be a congratulations right. your thanks meeting. john
2: <laughs> yes you too <laughs> Oh, there goes John with his tail tucked between his legs, oh, head down. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. I had to be it's honest, to though. His
3: toes. He he did think he had that one in the bag, though. So I
2: he, I was surprised. I you you came in strong, Angie. I well, got a.
3: He asked me if I if I wanted to go first, and I thought that was part of my strategy. I was like, I'm going to let him go first, and then depending on how deep his call is, or if it's you know how
0: yeah.
3: I might have to go in yeah. a little bit different you know i am going to try to go i can't get points in the volume so or the the depth yeah. of it the void, the roar like he probably does sound more like a lion with yeah. the deepness i can't so i went more for style yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. so uh well and i uh, you just sounded like i've heard the lions in the morning at the zoo so i've that's kind of what i've yeah. imagined well, here, you know but let, so yeah, well, let but me he play was, a he was little bit
3: for the listeners so yeah. they can make their own choice
2: okay all right. I'm going to go with door number three.
3: <laughs> it's <being the> best. <laughs> we, we both suck.
2: <laughs> it's so hard to get that pitch, though. It's so guttural, you know, it's so deep. So I don't know. I go back. John just had that oof, which I didn't. Yeah, I mean he knows he he knows lions boy better than I do. So um, yeah, it was good stuff. Good stuff.
3: So yeah. Well, it's yeah. the the best part is that Xander, our four and a half year old, he, you know, the kitchen, like, mm-hmm. what does a cow say, moo? What does yeah. a, uh, you know, what does a dog say, woof woof or whatever? Mm-hmm. What does a lion say? Mm-hmm. He like knows to go like. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't say roar like a no. normal kid would be like roar no 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 he doesn't he, he does even
2: that one you I'm did saying. was good even the one you just did was good so you've you, you got the edge on him you got the edge on john sorry Thank sorry john it's, i it's, love john i love uh, john's all those, brother
3: all those vocal exercises yeah. i've been doing to yeah. enhance the podcast <laughs> listening experience yes. just kidding i wish
2: <laughs> uh, i love you guys like family all right so let's talk about nutrition what do yes, these things eat? Lots, lots of lots of plants and grass and lots Mech. of uh, brush. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they eat your. They eat your. They eat your favorite, Angie. They eat it.
3: I know, they and eat- that's okay. It's the yeah. circle of life, right? Um, it, it's part of it. They are, but they're pre- they're predatory carnivores, right? And so, yeah. they have to. They have yeah. to. I mean, they're definitely going to eat zebras, but they eat wildebeest, and they'll. I mean, they. Mm-hmm.
2: Warthogs, Warthogs. gazelle, yeah. I mean. Wildebees. Yeah, we said the antelope. Now, I will say this. They eat my favorites too, Ange. Do you know where? Oh, no. you ever seen that? Uh-uh. Botswana. Really? Botswana. Like juvenile babies? Yes. Baby. No. Uh, yeah, more young adults. Oh, really? But they can take down elephants. Yeah, they can take down elephants. I've seen it. Um, documentary, Large Prides, Living in the Desert, Very Tough Life, and they just they, they chase it. Yeah, they just wear them out, and they take down an elephant. Well, Like, that's insane. It is,
3: that is that – is, I can't even visualize that. I'll have to yeah. – have to uh, put a yeah. link on the show notes. Uh, yeah, I'll see mm-hmm. if I can find it. Yeah. But I do know that they frequently bring down prey that are much bigger than themselves. However, this tidbit of it –
2: Cape Buffalo. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, Cape Buffalo for sure, yeah. Um, yeah. This tidbit this tidbit. this – let me try that again <laughs> – yeah, there you go. This tidbit of information I found uh, really fascinating. I had I did not know this. The showy males, and I think what that means is the males with the prominent manes uh, of age, uh, have more difficulty hunting than females because they can't be as conspicuous. I mean, they've got these big, fluffy, black, brown manes uh, that probably doesn't hide them as well as the females. So thus, Chris, in general females in a pride do the majority of the yep. hunting.
2: They do. They do. You know I, that oh yeah, no know, know no, yeah, I know the the women like John said they run that. They run the show. Yeah, they do most of the hunting. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing.
3: Yeah. 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 And now uh, but interestingly enough the males are still more aggressive during feeding than the females. Mm-hmm. Even though they probably didn't kill the prey, they still, you
2: know. Yeah, I'm still like, oh, I need my food. Well, they're cut. defending the, you know, the males are defending the territory against other males, and so you know, it's a give and take. It's but a trade-off,
3: yeah. I did, re-
2: I did read that females tend to kill smaller or mid-sized prey, and when the males do hunt, they go for bigger prey. So, Cape buffalo, maybe a giraffe, something like that. Um, wow. Now, it was interesting, too, if a single lion at least this is data from the Serengeti if a single lion is hunting they have about an 18% chance of getting a kill okay mm-hmm. so you know not very good odds 18 out of 100
3: no that's yeah one out of 5 yeah yeah
2: now if groups are two or more are hunting it goes up to about 30% so it almost doubles okay. so three, yeah yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where the, the hunting in groups is definitely much more effective for sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then. Which we
3: all know, safety in numbers, strength in numbers, all that. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. Yeah. There you
3: know, is no I in team.
2: No, 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 no. And the males eat, you know, it's about uh, whenever they do feed because they gorge themselves, right? They, they, they eat and just a lot of meat and then rest to digest the, the protein. They can eat up to 43 kilograms or 95 pounds. Wow. Males at one city. It's oh, <laughs> insane.
3: Jeez. Huh?
2: the females eat 25 kilograms or 55 pounds at a, at a sitting so
3: that is incredible i i didn't i didn't under, i didn't know this factoid and but it yeah. makes me wonder more about their digestion like how does their stomach expand they must have very oh
2: yeah, oh, yeah. you see them with pot bellies and that's just after they fed yeah. it's like you know it's i it's mean just
3: 95 a- pounds that's that's a lot
2: that's a big steak. That is a big steak, Angie. I don't know how many ounces big, that is. <laughs> big steak.
3: Holy shit. That's,
2: that's almost all of you. <laughs> so,
3: um, yeah, me and then some. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You're okay. kind.
2: Now, before we get to repro, Angie, I got something to pick with you. Okay. I don't really pick with you, but just say, hey, all right, I did not know this. Most male lions will die by the time they're like two. Only one in eight males survive after getting kicked out of the pride.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. 1 in 8.
2: Yeah. I was like, "What?" So, on their own, what happened? They to have them? a very difficult they're just difficult to survive. Okay. You know, or maybe they try to fight and and like you said they have to form those those bonds, but they're not primarily the hunters, right? The females are are more the huntresses. So, yeah, I saw that stat and I was like, are you kidding me? So, how it's tough being a man, right? A man, it's tough being a ma- a, a king of <laughs> the beasts. You know? Well, definitely.
3: <laughs> and yeah, that's a lot. Of, I mean, yeah. well, and then you, when we talk about recovery and life life intervals and life mm-hmm. expectancy, yeah, those are some bleak mm-hmm. numbers. And those that's not going to be a population that can just bounce right back if males are no, having such not a not hard survival time.
0: Yeah. And
3: but that actually rolls nicely into, into some of the stuff I found about reproduction and just in general with lions, is they're year-round polygynous breeders. So obviously they, males, you know, have the big, large, and showy manes and have the opportunity to control reproduction with many females, right? polygynous when they're actually ruling over the pride. And typically a male will rule pride for 2 to 3 years. So when he does become the man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's 2 to 3 years. And so he's got to get his genetics inserted in the pride in quite a, a rather a short period of time considering that uh, the female birth interval is every other year typically as well. So she doesn't always a female's not going to produce a litter of cubs every year. And so that also leads to some really interesting behavior because this birthing interval is 2 years. There's often, and this is uh, maybe more PG-13. So if any kids are listening or parents are mm-hmm. listening, you might want to
2: fast forward a little bit.
3: <laughs> turn turn down the dial, yeah, not the dial. Turn down the dial a little bit. But interestingly enough, um, in order, if a male is, does take over a pride, or when he does take over a pride, there's often um, this called infant, infant infanticide, infanticide. Yeah, that's really
2: horrible. It's fantasized. really terrible to think and about. It's,
3: uh, basically, yeah. it's basically killing of all the unweaned cubs mm-hmm. during the time of a uh, of takeover. A, a male yeah. takeover. He'll, he'll do that to basically ensure that he has some opportunity to father the offspring of the females um, during his reign. Because with the female, uh, with her having a two-year birth interval, she in theory wouldn't come back into season again or be ready to be bred again for another year, if not two. And so when her cubs are, are killed, she'll actually come back into estrus within two to three weeks. And therefore then, then the new male could breed her. Um, and so that's theoretic. That's what researchers believe. The reason why this is seen. So being a cub can be tough too, depending on, you know, when you're born or what reign you're, you're born under and so
2: yeah i mean that's just so much pressure conservation wise you know
3: right there there really is and obviously this is something they've evolved for their own you know for their own genetics Mm -hmm. and evolutionary reasons and you know but that's the thing is like they're not super aggressive animals like they Mm -hmm. don't fight with each other during breeding like Mm -hmm. they don't if like whatever male gets to whatever female first that's That's it. It's fine. As long as they're part of the pride, that's fine. It's just when a new male takes over that he's doing this to to ensure his genetics pass through. Um, So in general, though, males don't typically care for the young. But once, like you mentioned, they they have a really, really important uh, role of being the protector Mm -hmm. of cubs from other rival males and different prides. And, um, And then also, too, the male... If it, is, if it is the father, he has a big role of preventing the, another male you know, right. taking over. Right. So big, yeah, a lot, like you said, a lot of, um, and it, it's not easy being a lion, that's for sure. No, um,
2: no, not at
3: all. And now males are able to breed typically around five years of age. So that's a long time before they're able to become this dominant position to breed, especially if they're only living to be like, what did you say, like eight or nine years or something? Yeah, not not long, not average? Yeah. And females are, are not able to. To typically breed until they're about four years of age so also a little bit longer sexual maturation time Uh, but they do they will breed uh throughout the year and so once a female is of age the dominant male will breed her and when she's in um, an estrus and it's estimated chris this is kind of a crazy factoid
0: Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. opinion Mm -hmm.
3: And probably in many, 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 many listeners' opinions. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. It's estimated that a lion will copulate about 3,000 times. Jeez. For, ev- for every cub that survives one year.
2: Wow, wow.
3: So oh, going back yeah. a little bit. So when a female comes into estrus, now she mm-hmm. cycles uh, year year round, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. To- I
3: think so, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, she's polyester. So, uh, yeah. um, but so she only gets pregnant one out of every five cycles
2: when okay.
3: she is trying to be bred. And, um, or yeah, so one out of every five estrus results in a litter of, of cubs. Cubs. And a male will approximately breed the female for the four day estrus period um, 2.2 times per hour for four days. And <clears throat> so that's where I think this high number of 3,000 times for a cub that survives. So I don't know if that's just how they've evolved, but it is, to me it's very interesting. And and you and I being, you know, for fertility gurus Experts or whatnot. In, like, yeah. yeah, I'm wondering a little bit about their fertility. Like, why, you know, yeah. why does it take them one out of five cycles to even get pregnant? Get and pregnant, then- yeah. You know, and then with that being said. Well, it's
2: almost like, you know, cheetahs are are highly inbred. So, and I know, I know, uh, maybe it was Allison. Somebody we interviewed talked about the inbreeding in Tanzania because of trophy hunting and whatnot. That, you know, there's just a lot of uh, messed up genetics. Right. So, you know. Reduced fertility is a sign of that. Yeah. One of the signs of it. Yeah. So
3: these, you know, these poor guys and gals mm-hmm. are working very yeah. hard to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Try to get babies out. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah.
3: they're you know, boy, they're practicing a lot. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's just very interesting to me about the, I um, mean, it's a funny factoid for a cocktail party or whatever. You can make some jokes about it. Mm-hmm. But, seri- yeah. you know, from a reproductive point of view, I'm kind of like, what's going on there? Right. That's. Uh,
0: yeah. 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 Um,
3: yeah. So yeah, I, I haven't looked into the reproductive uh, fertility of male lions and or female mm-hmm. lions, but I think yeah, like you said, there might be some something going on with inbreeding depression or sure. I who yeah. knows. But once again, all this does not bode well for their already um, dire
2: declining populations. T- yeah, and that that leads yeah leads right into conservation. I mean, they're listed as vulnerable. Um, the lines in South Africa right now are least concerned. The Asian population is endangered or critically endangered. West African is critically endangered. And anywhere you said 23,000 to 39,000 left in all of Africa right, and a, just that yeah, one little park in, let's in Asia. Let's that
3: number. 23,000 to
2: 39,000. That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And the whole continent. Like this
3: is the iconic and a little park in everybody India. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody wants to go see in Africa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's not a lot. No, no, no. I mean, you know, elephants are at, what, 100,000, I think it was, over 100,000. I mean, rhinos white rhinos are, are down at 20,000, and black rhinos are at, what, 5,000. But, yeah, it's just, oh, and then people are going to shoot them. I mean, just come on. Ugh, the trophy hunting. Well, Go I, listen to the trophy hunting if you haven't. It's, well, a, good, it's but a good yeah, episode.
3: I mean, seriously, I mean, that's definitely one of their threats. But other really big threats include,
2: of course, oh, yeah. you know. it's a minor one, but, yeah.
3: A human starvation attacks from other lions, infanticide, Um which contributes to cub mortality, but uh, of course indiscriminate killing in defense of human life or livestock habitat loss. Their prey is depleting due to uh, poaching. Poaching them is a problem for the bush bush meat. And a really big one that we haven't touched on a lot, uh, that's probably a whole podcast in itself, is there's emerging threats to Trading their lion body parts, including their bones, mm-hmm. for traditional mm-hmm. medicinal, medicinal medicine in both Asia Again. and Africa. So that's, you know, um, these animals are poached with wires and snares and rifles and arrows. Um, they're also, mm-hmm. because they can scavenge, I don't know if we, we didn't really quite cover that in nutrition, but they will scavenge mm-hmm. leftover food if, if right. they're desperate. But they're, therefore, they're really vulnerable to intentional poisoning of carcasses. Poisoning, yeah. From, sometimes from yep. livestock farmers. So, Mm -hmm. and then as Chris mentioned, of course, trophy hunting. So it's just like, ah, you know, and I think we we talked, we touched on the end of the trophy hunting segment that, you know, they've got that issue going on. But I think it's important Mm. to focus on a lot of other other sustainability issues because there's a lot, you know, there's there's a lot of issues. It's very complex. It's not just one thing. Mm Um, yeah, yeah. that's helping or one thing that's helping them or one thing that's like hurting them. It's very complex and many, many, many yeah. layers to this complicated puzzle that has unfortunately been unsolved in the past years and horrifically declining with their numbers. Right. You know, 50% of their right. population last right. 21 years. So, all
2: right. Uh, uh, so before we get to organizations real quick, conservation tip of the week, you'll like this one. And Angie, you know, I was looking for a good one. Energy tip. You should wash your clothes in cold water. It cleans just as well, and in actuality, the warmer the water, the less effective your detergent is. So uh-huh. for stains, you want I like cold. Science. Yeah, you think hot cycle? Oh, it's going to clean <clears throat> better. No, it actually a hot cycle actually ru- it can ruin fabric or or erodes it quickly. Now, I will say, if you were sanitizing something like diapers, okay, reusable diapers, you want the hot. But some of these newer washer machines you can get, they actually have a sanitized cycle. So it washes in cold and then it will run it hot and then rinse in cold. So if you have, you know, a washer machine, wash your clothes in cold and it cleans them better.
3: Absolutely. And I've been doing it cold for years. I've got some real stinky boys in my family. I'm... (laughs) I'm John. a very <laughs> stinky lady. I'll be the first one to admit it. I do a lot of exercises. I'm yeah. at the horse farmer all the time. I'm in Florida. It's the swamp. And I have seen no ill effects of washing the clothes in cold water, except for it's helped our energy bill out big time. Yeah. A lot. And, and our clothes, You know, they make detergents so nice. And we use um one that comes in a in a cardboard box uh, with powder from I think it's seven generation so we don't have to buy plastic that way and i mean i wouldn't i sometimes i do run them in hot once in a while like if yeah if i have a diaper in there or if i'm thinking like okay this is really you know i really need to sanitize this because maybe i don't know somebody wet the bed or something um it mm-hmm. wasn't me it mm-hmm. wasn't me but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but honestly they don't come out any better like uh, it, mm-hmm. there's just really mm-hmm. no need for it like you said yeah. <clears throat> unless you're sanitizing all yours.
2: right so who should we be supporting who are who are the big big <clears throat> ones
3: Oh my goodness, Chris! I've been waiting for this segment. My besides the roar off, I've been waiting for this segment all, all podcast. Do you know why? Why? Because who is one of my favorite conservation dudes to talk about? Uh,
2: besides my husband, Chris he's Mortensen? my number one. Or right, John, John's number one. Chris uh-huh. Mortensen's number two. That was that Leo guy. I guess his name's Leo, right? So, yes.
3: So Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, Leo, yeah. is working with and also one of the the founders or Brainchild, or his foundation is of a group called the Lion Recovery Fund. It's been in. Uh, it began in August 2017, so it's about a little over a year old, and. They can be found at lionrecoveryfund.org, and they have a great presence on Facebook. But what this is, it's a powerful initiative led by the Wildlife Conservation Network, which I think we've highlighted before. They're one of the big players with many, many programs and uh, projects. But the Wildlife Conservation Network and the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation.
2: (laughs) You were waiting for this one for so long.
3: I I, I saw it like... Four or five months ago and I screenshot it on my phone, Mm. I'm like, I can't wait till I get to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, no, it's very, very cool because besides it being part of the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation, him doing amazing things for conservation, Mm -hmm. what all actors and people with big high power names should be doing, whether they enjoy conserving wildlife or plants or helping Mm -hmm. people, I really think that people in power Mm -hmm. should be giving back, uh, people that have more should be giving back more. And he does this. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so the Lion Recovery Fund receives input and guidance from an array of technical experts and partners in the wild. They work in over 14 countries. They have 28 projects, which I'll touch on in a moment, and over 20 partners. And they are a solution-based group. So one of their goals, which Chris and I touched on, is there's all these fragmented habitats that lions live in, which is potentially reducing their genetics and hindering Mm -hmm. their survival. One of the solutions the Lion Recovery Fund has is to uh, protect and connect existing parks or reserves that have been fragmented, um, and to, and transform these landscapes where lions and other wildlife. Because if you save the lion, if you save the dominant mm-hmm. predator, you're going to save a lot of the prey species as well. And then, of course, also mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we talked about the economical impact that lions have to the people. Uh, the local people who live in the area due to the parks and ecotourism. So if you connect some of these parks and you work on uh, helping out the existing places where safe places and acquiring more safe places for lions to, to be, you'll inevitably help out people as well, right? Mm-hmm. For their livelihood. And mm-hmm. they are very clear. Lion Recovery Fund ain't messing around. Their goal is... Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Their goal is to double mm-hmm. the number of lions by 2050.
2: Wow, okay. Okay.
3: And so that's crazy. Okay. They want to basically undo the damage that we've done in the past 21 that's years.
2: 20 years? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, damn. okay. I'll check yeah, it
3: out. Yeah. So my hat's off to them. Every dollar goes towards conservation. They do anti poaching stuff, law enforcement. They help local communities live with lions to help reduce the, the conflict. Uh, their 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 web page is just amazing. So that's www.lionrecoveryfund.org. They have updated stories. They have a really cool story section. And so recently, mm-hmm. like oh, last week, they posted about how lions are returning to Malawi's Liwandi National Park as their populations grow. Okay. And they have this beautiful story with the animals and that tell you all about how this. They give good news too of like what some of their work right, is right. doing. And I mean, just a snapshot of some of their projects that donations go to creating an African lion database to help coordinate conservationists. So they're not reinventing the wheel. They emergency support for law enforcement and different reserves. They are helping uh, use incentive funding or money to help reduce human Mm -hmm. lion conflict and support lion-human coexistence. They are recovering lion populations in Angola. They are reintroducing lions into Malawi. That was one of the stories that I just talked about that was mm-hmm. highlighted last week. They're re- rehabilitating uh, protected areas in northern Zambia. That's where Allison's heart and my heart mm-hmm. are as far as mm-hmm. some of the rhino mm-hmm. relocation projects. They're saving the Sengal lions. There's not very many that live there, and they're trying to work on saving them. Right and this there, is, yeah. I, I just listed off like, eight and there's like 28 so
2: yeah uh i'm not
3: surprised that my conservation crush hit the ground running (laughs) he obviously (laughs) picked a good group to work with and to back and obviously tons of researchers and scientists and of course really passionate conservationists to uh push this line recovery fund efforts forward so uh the minute yeah
2: Yeah, definitely check
3: them out. Yeah, go like them on Facebook. Um, They they have a a moderate following, but I think, I mean, they're still really new uh, as far as people knowing what they do. And and the biggest thing is they partner with like a a lot of the other line groups I wanted to talk about today. They're partnering with them. They don't want to reinvent the wheel. They want to make sure their money, every dollar is going to groups that are doing great things and, of course, their own projects. So, yeah, line recovery fund um, supported by initiative initiative by the Wild, wildlife conservation network like them on facebook too they're great and if you haven't already done it i highly recommend mm-hmm. liking the leonardo dicaprio foundation he's uh, always some yeah. uh, really interesting yeah. stuff about climate change and of course about wildlife and things that uh you and i are very passionate about
2: so to answer the question angie that has been bugging you for the last <laughs> hour plus why are lions called king of the jungle all right first jungle is a word in Hindi, all right? But it means is uninhabited place. So it could cover the savanna. It could cover ah, any environment. It doesn't
3: necessarily mean like trees and vines. Right, and dark like we
2: think of it, right. So that yeah. is why the, it was king of the jungle. It's just uninhabited places. Now, obviously lions are the apex predator in the, you know, from Asia over down into Africa. Hyena is their main competition. We kind of talked about that in the hyena episode. So, you know, again, there's, they're, they're still thought of as king of the beasts. Now, you know, first human interactions with lions, early cave paintings in France, and they find them like cave lions, you know, all these other things. But where they get the king part is the Sumerians who were in, you know, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Were the first to call a leader a king. So you're okay. talking... Four thousand years ago, plus, yeah, and lions were this were their symbol of strength. So, like Ah, in England, okay. So, thus, lions started to be become called kings. So, there you go, the Uh, Sumerians. I love (laughs) it. King of the jungle, king of the jungle. Now we have to find the queen of the jungle and talk about her. Future podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well that was really fascinating,
3: Chris. I like I said, I always appreciate appreciate you diving deep into the literature because I just saw that (laughs) and I was like, That doesn't make any sense. I'm not gonna Yeah, it doesn't.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, King of the jungle. It's because of Hindi. There you go. You learned something new today.
3: I learned a lot Uh, today. I learned a lot today. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you learned that you have the better roar in the house. I know. It's a
3: good, good night for this lady. That's for sure.
2: John John did say the the females rule the pride. So we know who rules your house. So you go roar at your husband, give him a hug for me. I will talk to you in a few days and we will, you know, try to put out an episode next week and we'll see you then.
3: Yes, and look, keep your eyes peeled too for uh, hopefully in the future a really awesome interview with a lion expert.
2: Yes, yes, we got to keep, I got to reach out to him again. So, all right, take care. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Listen, learn, share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.